Hello, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing One Ring 2nd Edition today. We are continuing our Waking of Angmar campaign. And Tolkien Pyrrhus, thank you so much. That's so extraordinarily kind of you for the bits that you just dropped in chat. Uh, Melissa, you're going to keep in touch with everything. Melissa moved. Melissa, you moved. So <laughs> a little behind the scenes, a little behind the scenes here. Like, you know, you move and you center people and stuff like that. And Melissa knows this better than anyone. She plays in board games with me than anybody. But after I get things fixed, you're not supposed to move anymore. And uh, she went and moved. And that's why she's crooked right now. So just there you go. I also, moved myself. Also, we heard before we came on live, we heard my impression of Steven, uh, which is startlingly accurate. Just Can you startlingly repeat accurate. It for, for just really? It's like, oh my God, everyone. there's. <laughs> Holy God, it's like there's two of it's them. Like, it's like there's two of us. <laughs> Crazy, absolutely crazy. Oh, I feel like goodness. we're back in that Pathfinder game because Steven's been really quiet right forbidden now. Oh Jeff's God, waiting <laughs> for him. No, no, that was Forbidden Lands. That was Forbidden Lands. Forbidden Lands. <laughs> there, there yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. In Forbidden Lands, over on Grim Varela's uh, channel, uh, Steven and I are now playing uh, dwarves in the, in the Silent Bob, Jane Silent Bob. So I'm it's Jay. Great. He's Silent Bob. It's pretty great. <laughs> It's delightful. <laughs> it's pretty great. It Can't is. wait to see who kills us first. The rest of our party or anyone else in that. In that I universe. almost died on the first roll. Oh, man. We all we if we almost had a DBA before we even got to the first round. <laughs> I don't know about you all. I don't know what everyone's problem was. Stefan was fine. Didn't fail a roll. Was clutch every single time. <laughs> you look great. You're just carrying. This is great. Oh man. Hey Eric. Sorry about the. Sorry about jinxing it with the with the storm last night. Yep. Yep. We uh we started up our Delta Green game last night. We're very excited about that. Uh, we started on a hurricane in Florida. So for those of you who are Floridians out here, apologies. Uh, we are referencing real world events. Uh, but that is not what we're doing today. Today we're playing some One Ring. Today we're playing uh, in Middle Earth, and we're doing something entirely different. And uh, even though I am basically getting into their dreams and messing with their nightmares and all that kind of stuff, this this arc. So why don't we do a quick run through of where everyone's playing, and then we'll get started. So, Mamma Mia, Long, can you tell us a little bit about Floy? Yes, I'm the prosperous treasure hunting dwarf. I'm decked out in all these fancy clothes, jewelry. Got really hardened battle axe, nice armor, slaying all these orcs and trolls in the way. Indeed, you are. You are the offense. Uh, you have very much <laughs> been a yeah a killing machine. Which is crazy because like when you think treasure hunter, like on top of my head, when I think treasure hunter, I think more like a roguish character. But you are uh, a beast. So we'll have to do something about that before the end. Uh, let's see. Next up, Gilly. Gilly Kettlegrass. Gilly Tell Kettlegrass. My parents the tell that second, sweet, sweet dank. Second best hobbit in the angle right now. <laughs> who's right. Uh, who's the best? Bailey Rural... Stone Singer. Oh, okay. I thought it was with the, Rural with the Gilly. Sass. Pretty sassy. <laughs> really wants to... oh, now she's trying to play the victim card too. Oh my god, look at her. But yeah, but she is our scholar, oh. Bree Hobbit. And she's kind of made her niche home and healing and Desperately learning on trying to how to keep us all alive uh, through these horrible, horrible times. Look, you've done really well. You've done really well. We've only had, we haven't, I mean, whether or not we've had a character death, we don't really know. But we have had a character abandon the party uh, or yeah. the party abandon the character. One of the two. I think uh, it was so other than that, 
it's pretty pretty solid, Gilly. Pretty solid. This has been a far less stressful arc than the last one, which we nearly saw O'Reilly die, nearly saw Gilly die, nearly saw oh, Tara yeah. die. Like, hey, Nitrate, come play with us. Let me kill your character right off. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, great. But you're, <laughs> Gilly, you're doing you're doing well. You're doing well. Uh, next up, we have the suddenly recentered Arineal. Melissa, tell us about Arineal. I don't know when I was all the way over here, but this is where <laughs> I am now. Arineal <laughs> uh, is our uh, champion, Ranger of the North. Uh, she is happy to be around other rangers because uh, we've kind of been in other areas throughout much of the earlier parts of the campaign we've been with some other elves we've been with the dwarves we've been in shire and brie around other hobbits and so she is around other rangers here again and also there's all the politics going on and so there's also part of her like while she's like no there's a comfort to being you know around other rangers she's also like oh right this is what happens when you throw lots of people together and then they argue about things and try to prove that they're right and where's the nearest woods <laughs> well it's a good thing you're right in the middle of them they're all around so it's great <laughs> and we we've established that, that your you as a renewal and your and your mother morial um not necessarily people who have have spent much time here like there's definitely Correct. a connection between your mother and some of the people here. Like they know each other, they've encountered each other, they've had dealings, but you've never really settled in this area before. You've kind of been grown, you, you, you were raised elsewhere on the edges of civilization, the Bree Lanes, et cetera. So like this isn't necessarily your home, so to speak. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Next up, we've got, uh, we've got Daggett. We've got the oldest and wisest member of the party. Steven, tell us about Daggett. Hey, I'm Daggett. I'm just the most lovable, friendly, trustworthy dwarf that you'll ever meet. Uh, I am the captain of the group uh, that was voted on, uh, ratified, it's in the contract. And uh, I am the second hardest hitter in the group. Let's say that. Is that true? Do we think that's true? Gilly is a competitor. I'll My give you that. My kill count says otherwise so yeah, far. <laughs> Gilly is a kill stealer. That's for sure. Like she steals kills left and right. Uh, hardest hitter. Floyd hits the hardest. I think Floyd hits the hardest. I, I think, think Floyd is the hardest hitter. Yeah, no, I don't hit hard. My stats. I, don't you have more than me? I do seven. Uh, damage, you mean? Yeah. I do strength. seven as well. Okay. But you oh. actually roll better dice. That's true. <laughs> Block Fong does. I feel like Daggett's self-assessment here was not numerically based. It was just sort of. I said second first. You both are you both are using a seven damage, a twenty injury uh, uh, weapon. So you both can theoretically do the same amount of damage. But take a look at your strength scores because that's where it comes into play with those heavy blows. You have a six strength score, Floy. Daggett, what do you got? I got, got seven, a seven, so I'm actually better. Mathematically, mathematically, but this is why you know you don't just look at the numbers. This is why you actually play the games, you know. And uh, what's his so combat that. proficiency? I've got four in axes. Well, okay, four in axes, four in axes. What do you got there? Oh my goodness! All right, what about Perry? See what those offensive stats uh, are. Fifteen. With the same, we're identical. 
Okay, so clearly there's just you just guys did, one just copied your character uh, <laughs> and just did plus one on strength. That's what he did. That's all he did. Would <laughs> be Floyd plus and one. And I roll worse, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll change your name tag. Floyd plus one. That's all I was gonna say. And finally, new game plus. New game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> finally, let's uh, let's turn to my trade. Tell us about Terraneth. Oh, uh, I'm playing Tara, Tara for short, pronounce she, her, and uh, she is a, a ranger, an old friend of Arunil, and um, a warden of the north, and uh, really glad to be along for the ride here and, and find like-minded people that uh, want to destroy the shadow even more than she does. Fantastic. Fantastic. And we have established you have been here, though. Maybe not raised here, but you have spent yes, time here before. Yes. Right. And, and actually, unlike Renee, who uh, finds herself sapped, I think, by uh, these many people around, uh, Tara actually is energized by the uh, discussion of, of strategy and concepts and, and ideas and, and that kind of thing. So she kind of digs being here and last session you all got a very heavy dose of this kind of discussion because you had an engaged in this very very serious council uh with many heavy hitters uh, across the the community of rangers of the north we saw folks like gilrain the fair uh we saw uh, lady arasil and her kind of second vignetteur we've seen halbarad a dear friend for those who uh, who know the name uh, of aragorn uh gilrain mother of aragorn uh so we saw some very heavy like rangers of the north we saw some other folks that are adjacent so we've seen the uh, the sons of of elrond we've seen elrohir and eladan they've both been here as well and we also saw Gandalf the freaking gray uh, show up. So, and he showed up at the end of the previous session. So at the start of the last session, Gandalf opens the door, makes a lot of noise. Council decides to sort of take a break. Uh, there was a little bit of tension as Lady Arisol was very critical of Gandalf's tardiness. But nonetheless, there's a little bit of a, of a, of a recess. He started to have some private greetings and some refreshment. Gilly took the opportunity finally to speak with that other hobbit, Bailey Stonesinger, who was not the best at social situations, it seems, as she was uh, a little bit on the rude side. Uh, she, from, from the Shire, though, you did learn. Uh, and she also was dear friends with Halbarad, who was a, is a ranger who primarily uh, serves or his postings, his ranging area is near the Shire. Gandalf was very curious about the two dwarves, about Floy and about Daggett. And he actually was very interested in Daggett, in Daggett's weapon, Black Fong. I'm sorry, Block Fong. Uh, often staring down Daggett in your treasures, treating you with some sort of suspicion. Daggett, you were having your own issues aside from Gandalf as you were frequently seeing this flickering of a shadow out of the corner of your eye. It was kind of shifting in these unnatural directions that didn't seem consistent uh, with the torchlight uh, that was all over this uh, this haven. Uh, Arineal and Terra, you were able to speak with, with several of the rangers, Gilrain, uh, Orofin, others, uh, Lady Lady Aracel even, about her, you know, you're kind of talking a lot about her desire to potentially relocate many of the, the folks here to the, the edge of Gondor, abandoning the north effectively. Later, the, uh, the council rejoined. You all, as the fellowship, were able to bring 
uh, bring business in front of them. And you uh, you ask them for aid, detailed some of your adventures, your previous excursions to Angmar, the state of the affected uh, elves in Foreland, plans to return. And you really stress this idea like this is this is what the Rangers are for. This is why you're here. And that definitely helped as uh, as they agreed. They agreed to 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 aid you in some fashion that they were going to send support as you returned to Angmar. They uh, sort of adjourned for the evening, everyone back to rest, and they said in the morning, the next day we will work out the specific details. However, when you all went to sleep that night, your dreams were once more plagued by horrible nightmares that you have been having throughout the last few days, ever since you crossed over the last bridge and came to this section of the world. And each of you had your own dreams. They're different, uh, but all of them were beset by paranoia, failures, the shadow growing, uh, things like that. And when you woke, finally, you learned that a week had passed, that you actually fell asleep. A week had passed, and you were moved, apparently, to... Um, do these unfamiliar beds at someone else's home hidden within the, the haven somewhere. And you have been asleep there for quite some time. So we're going to pick up, I'm going to say, after some initial uh, bearings being, being gathered, as all of you awake, very tired, uh, very exhausted, having not eaten. Uh, people have been, you, you hear from, from some of those that have been tending to you. Uh, so some of Orphan's people, some of Lady Aracel's people, Gandalf has been checking in on you from time to time, but you've been fed as best they could, like broth and things like that, and, but you are nonetheless very malnourished at this point. And so over the course of maybe 45 minutes or so as you're dressed and cleaned and you're getting your, your heads kind of wrapped around this notion of, of being asleep for a week, you are all brought into what looks like a, a dining hall. Uh, it is uh, rustic, but in, in no way, shape, or form adorned with any special treasures. Floy, it might look hideous to you. Uh, and you're all sitting, sat around a, a, this, this, large, this large table made of beautiful lacquered wood. Food is placed before you, but it's not placed in a way that is suggesting a buffet. And you are advised by healers in the area, and Gilly, you might even know this as well, to take your time. Do not rush. Drink water, but drink it methodically. Eat food, but eat it slowly. And a few folks come to sit with you as you do so. You can see Lady Aracel is here. You can see Gilrain is here. And you can see the Gandalf also is lingering, but he doesn't sit. He just leans in the corner and sort of observes uh, at this point. So... Gilrain is the one who probably speaks up first. And she says, when we fetched you in the morning, you were late once more. We thought perhaps you had just slept in. And she almost kind of winces as she says, as she says this, like she doesn't mean an insult by it. But no one was able to rouse you. The healers tended to you however we could. No noise. No movement, nothing could wake you. Even Gandalf here was unable to devise a means to do so. Please, tell us, what? 
what did I don't I do not mean to pry but what was what were your experiences what where where did you go No, we're good. This was not a pleasant slumber. You say it was unpleasant. And you can tell Lady Aerosol and her are, are looking at each other. And for the first time that you've seen, they seem actually on the same side very much. They don't seem to be antagonistic towards one another. They actually seem very much on the same page. But more than that, those of you with decent insight can tell that they... They are, they, they feel like that you get a, kind of get a sense that they're a little, they're holding something back a little bit. And Lady Aerosol will speak up. But can you tell us what you experienced? Specifically, if you don't mind. Yes, I, I certainly can, though I, I am not sure that you will have the same reference point Uh Mine specifically related to some experiences that we've had in our travels up in Angmar. And she'll kind of explain, you know, the the room in Gol with the the elf faces in the wall. And um, you know, she'll explain that it's it's been a recurring nightmare that just keeps getting worse. The first time I was observing my my party be slaughtered while I was sort of stuck behind the walls. And it escalated to myself and my party being stuck behind the walls and everyone who was here who agreed to help us in the battles to come were now being slaughtered. And this most recent, at least from what I can remember, the nightmares escalated from there to where I was bound in the middle of the room and everyone, this party, anyone that we've encountered over the last few years was all very slowly, one by one, entered into that wall of faces. And I'll slam the table like, down. It's not for Renil. Because you're not the only one with these visions. These horrible uh, dreams. Gilly, Tara, Daggett, you the same. I have been berserk as well. Dwelling on it won't help anyone. Everybody everyone else quite everyone kind of looks over to Gilly. Floyd. Yeah, everyone kind of looks at Gilly too, because like she's the only one who hasn't confirmed anything. So you see the three uh, the three sets of eyes, Aracel and Gorain and even Gandalf. Taking his eyes off Daggett momentarily to look at you. It was horrible. Um, do you remember, Floy, before we got your chest armor purified? We also suffered. He does not. familiar. Huh? <laughs> The look on Long's I'm, face. I was yeah. thinking about I it. Long does. I don't think Long remembers that. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and at that point, she's gonna turn and she's gonna look at Daggett. Your axe needs to be purified. 
you uh you hear a, a clearing of the throat uh and in this gandalf <clears throat> that might be true but um little hobbit but uh it is not what is causing this trouble in fact that all of you are suffering this it's very abundant Abundantly clear to myself and to Lady Ersel and Gilrain that you all have not necessarily brought anything here, but instead you have alerted an evil presence within within the haven, within the angle itself. What do you know of Earthad, Kaleen? You kind of ask just generally the party. Uh, anyone who wants to, um, I think we've already done some of that, but you can roll lore tests. I think a few of you might have. Yeah, I'd uh, like to roll. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone can go ahead and roll that. I think we might have hit on it before, but I don't remember what the rolls were. It was before our break. No, I've failed. Uh, oh, that was fairly success. 14. I needed 14. Okay, you might success. have. What's that, Irenial? Great success. Okay, uh, nice. Gilly, you might have gotten a thought or two, like you might have overheard something or read something on one of the shelves, the books that you I can't really recall. Seen. But you would have known that it is the name of a castle, uh, a fortress, actually, in the area to the south. It is not inhabited, um, but it is a place that was once uh, a very grand and wonderful fortress. And so maybe you've read about it and about its fall and it's kind of change into hands. Arrhenial, you I mean, know... Can you, can you spell that for me? I just yeah. want to... I'm taking notes. E-R-T-H-A-D C-E-L-Y-N Earthad Kaleen. Thank you. And by the way, I got an extraordinary success. I can't read. Okay. Is it because you're shifted over and like your eyes are now? Is that what it is? So it is. She's so bad right now. Okay, so... So, Arrhenial, you would know a few other things. It was, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fortress. Gilly is 100% right. It was a fortress, southern side. It's a very large castle. You might have even seen on the horizon the peaks of it uh, as you were traveling uh, to the south uh, along, along the river or at least sort of on the other side of the forest there. And it was held there for a while until the war with Angmar. And the men of Angmar swept down, turned... Rude hour kind of to their devices took over those and then continued to sweep southward into Cardolan as Cardolan was dealing with, you know, plague and, and, and an illness. And the men of Emmer took over the castle of, of Earthad Kaleen. And there is a bit of a tale uh, about that place that there was a ruler uh, during that time when Angmar held the place, Arrhenial. Maybe it was something Orofin told you. Uh, and you're, you know, heard about or conversations you might have had, or maybe it's something your mother, uh, Moriel, might have passed along to you as a, something of a, a, a bit of folklore uh, from from the rangers who live in this area. That there is a, a a ruler there by the name who went by the name or the title Lord of Nightmares. In some tales, some in some ways it's told it, it who's just a man. In others, he was an orc. And then, and some of the others, which are a little bit more extravagant and fabulous, they he was something far more foul than either of those things. But all tales basically agree that he was sort of a lieutenant in some ways of the Witch King and that he was entrusted 
with a magical ring of some kind uh, that allowed him to sort of venture into the minds of people, kind of so so terror in a way that most can't, uh, in, a, in a way that allowed allowed him to assault the very enemies, his very enemies while they slept. Uh, and, you know, as you're kind of, I would say, Arineal, as, as, as I'm telling you this, I, I, I picture, if it's okay with you, uh, like Arineal saying these things out loud as well, kind of walking her, her fellowship through this. And you're seeing the nods of both Erosil and Gilrain. And Lady Erosil will speak up and she'll kind of start finishing the story and she'll talk about how when the, when the armies of Gondor finally came to, to crush the realm of Angmar, many were turned their attention to Fornost and other, other places to the north, but there was a siege here of Earthad Kaleen as well. And rather than be taken alive, the Lord of Nightmares, as he is called, his real name has been stricken from history, cast himself into to the river, and his body was never found. Now, there is disagreement among lawmasters about whether the ring drowned with him, whether it was buried, hidden somewhere in the castle itself. But what we can now be very certain of is that his or its presence remains here. And then you hear like Gandalf kind of speak up. And as I said, you all have alerted it. You've been to Angmar more than one occasion, so I hear very valorous valorous of you all. But in doing so, you bring a certain taint with you. You're a beacon. And the creatures of that place can see you. In one way or another, your dreams, even those that are not beset by these terrible, terrible mutations of your experiences, I would assume were nonetheless thinking of that place. The dangers you fought there, who you left behind, what tasks you still have left to complete there. And you have allowed this wraith that still lingers access to your minds. It looks very sympathetic and kind of grim when he's looking down at you all. How do we steal ourselves? How do we sever this connection? Yes. Both excellent questions. And that's when Lady Aracel will speak up. Well, the problem with hunting a wraith that does not want to be found is that they are very much invisible to our eyes. So finding where he is, where he lurks, where he wanders is far more difficult than finding the proverbial needle in a haystack. However, there's a better plan that we have been discussing as you slumbered about drawing him to you. That is, 
if you all are willing. We've yes. had many wraiths before. What's another? Yes. Well, my uh, my new friend Floyd, Tara. Another. This one is. The battle will not just be in this world. Will not just be in swords, and arrows. And she reaches up and she kind of puts her hand in her head. But will you be up here as well? You must not just defeat him with your axe or your bow or your swords, but you must defeat him here as well. Only then will you be able to manifest him long enough to strike him down. I do believe that we have shown ourselves to be strong of body and mind, though it is distressing that this is taking advantage of our slumber. Indeed. Now, we can lead you to Earth at Glean. We can guard its entry to ensure nothing else follows you inside. But it is the five of you who must venture into that place. Who must, must find the ramparts from which he threw himself. And there, you must let yourselves drift off. Allow him to find you. Only then will he show himself the real. And then you may defeat him for once and all. I do not prefer a plan in which I go into battle. Laying down. We understand this, of course. However, my already have sent several of my house down to Earth at Kaleen. They are going through the fortress, ensuring there are no unwanted visitors, no guests, no vermin of any kind. You will not have to do any of that that work it is done for you. You mainly have to go inside the fortress and take a nap. It does need to be done. What will failure look like? Be asleep forever. Oh, uh, that is... Very much part of it, Master Dwarf. It's Gandalf now, but I would imagine the nightmares will become so overwhelming at a certain point that forever will not be very long for you all. Do not fail. There is no way we can wake you. Only yourselves that can bring you out of this nightmare. We can guard your bodies. We can ensure that your slumber is not interrupted. But the rest you must do on yourselves. Well, if I don't take care of this problem, I'll continue to be blamed for it. And I glower at Gilly. I'll see the task done. 
I'm sure you will. I was not pointing blame, but it is a dark artifact. Do you not remember the research that I presented to you? Were you even listening when I explained the horrific origins of this weapon? As soon as she started talking, I turned away and just <laughs> completely ignored her. Yeah, looks <laughs> looks down at Gilly with kind of a bit of an appraise, like, hey, good Aren't for you. older <laughs> brothers terribly annoying? Um, Not by blood, but choice, unfortunately. I have found Saruman to be very, at least demanding, but his counsel has been... No, I'm sorry. Uh, I lost uh, myself uh, for a uh, moment there. But you understand, <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, can we just have this be about Gandalf's family drama now? <laughs> <laughs> cut to him laying down on a chase lounge. It's a it's therapy it's session with Gilly. <laughs> because I was the third to be sent here. Monway didn't ask me first or second. He asked me third. Why was I not good enough to go first or second? <laughs> deep, deep Lord Lord Scott. Okay. Hello. So, um, okay, so... Any more questions? Any more conversation you want to have here? Sorry for breaking that. Uh, is, is there reason to not do this immediately? Are there preparations we should be making? Lady Arisel takes the lead on this again, almost cutting off Gandalf, who looks sort of distracted and kind of like, what did I just say? Um, she says... Well, it's just certainly possible if you simply leave the angle. It is unlikely the Lord of Lightmares will follow, as this is the realm that he calls his own. And life, considered this is his own minor kingdom, of course, in service to the Witch King. However, Sorry, did you say Lord of Nightmares? Is that what you just said? That is what he called himself. No, no, no. In meta, I'm asking. <laughs> just to make yeah, sure so my three heard that right. That, yep, yep. Cool, 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 cool. Um, <laughs> so she says that you could leave. It is unlikely he will follow, but what consequences? will yes. arise when you return to Angmar. What small bits of information he has gleaned or little signals he might be able to send to the other undead creatures who roam that frozen wasteland. We can only hazard guess. Aside from that, we should not let this evil remain so close to your home. That is very considerate of you, Miss Cattlegrass. However, it has been quite some time since anyone here has been affected by these nightmares. And often it is a passerby with more, well, less noble deeds on their mind which is not to cast aspersions on you, the reason you have drawn its attention are for an entirely different reason. Those who live here 
within our haven are of, well, the foremost quality. And I imagine we're, we've been sitting during this conversation, and so very loudly, Irvineal just sort of like gets up and pushes her chair back and just sort of says, yes, of course, of course, this is the thing we need to do. We're going to go battle while we take naps, and she just sort of like pushes her chair in and just sort of like storms out. Well, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed, don't you think? <laughs> She didn't say that, but I really wanted to make that joke. Sorry. <laughs> Jared, Jared looks after her, like, confusing. Uh, if if there's nothing further, I would like to be excused. And taking that yeah. as a scent, she they... will leave to follow Radial. Okay. Those remaining in this, uh, in this little chamber, any other questions? Thoughts that you wanted to share? Can I have their portion? I've been asleep for a week. Yeah, where's um, breakfast? Please any... make sure that you eat slowly, not at your usual vigor. Uh, it has been a week since we've eaten. That could make you vomit. I disregard that and just <laughs> shovel my face. I'm right there with Floyd. Okay. So we'll say uh, it's still early in the morning, uh, but the plan is in the afternoon after you all have have nourished yourselves a bit and gotten equipped. You're all of you, are, I would say, are also very tired, uh, despite the fact that you slept for a week. It has not been uh, it's not been refreshing uh, sleep. And while you're filling your bellies, there's still sort of this uh, you're, you're not feeling quite well. So there are times in which you feel slightly lightheaded. There are times in which you feel slightly weak where your hands kind of shake. Uh, but uh, sure, the plan I mean, is, it's not the Lord of Water beds and soft blankets. No. Like, no, I agree, right? <laughs> Lord of Water beds. <laughs> that feels like a, it feels like a, a shop from 1989. Yeah. <laughs> My parents had a waterbed when I was a kid. I used oh, to man. have a waterbed. Seriously? Really? I, I've yeah. never had one. That's wild. Yeah. It sounds like a guy selling uh, waterbeds on paid programming at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. Can so I just you guys... have a quick moment with the vanilla outside? Absolutely. Yeah, go right ahead. Um, so Tara has come, come after uh, Renelle and... Um, and see, sees sort of the back of the head and back of her head. Uh, I, Ari, and I will only will only say that once to see if she stops. And very grumpily, she what? But she I stops. Turned, I I I know this is. Uh, and she kind of trails off, not really knowing how, how to finish that sentence. But uh, we'll kind of just walk up to her and put a hand on her shoulder and squeeze it. Um, I I don't know what to say. I I just know that I'm glad I don't have to do this without you. And Arinio was very 
tense and stiff and you can kind of just physically see that she just you know sort of softens a bit and kind of rests her head on your shoulder I'm very tired yeah me too I am always ready for battle we defend we fight it's what we do but these, I feel so helpless in these dreams. It sinks do into not, your bones, doesn't it? It, yes. It's just can't shake it. If I have something that I need to work through, I can lose a bow, I can swing a sword, I can break something. This is a request to re-enter the worst things I've ever seen. And just we we were there for a week and we did not bring it to an end. And this is how our story ends? We just go to sleep? We never make it back to Angmar? We never fight the battles that need fighting? We just go to sleep and don't wake up? That will not be our end. You know that will not be our end. We just slept for days upon days with no no, no awareness. We did not know what we were getting into. That is the biggest problem. And we're going to, you know that, right? Every, I, I don't need to tell you that. If you don't know your enemy, you will lose every battle. Even if you win, you will lose. But we know what we are up against now. And sleep might seem like it is not something we ought to be doing, but if it is the only way to bait this evil to us, then who else but you? Who else but all of us? It is better that it is all of us than one of us. Yes. Before we go, I need... I have... Much, we do not rest. We are always on the move. I am, and she just sort of has that tension that she just needs to just go do something that releases yeah. some <laughs> And I, I think Tara's able to read between those lines and say, and you, you all know where to find me. And, uh, okay. So you all have a little bit of time to yourselves to get ready, get your equipment situated, but eventually uh, Lady Aerosol's people do hunt you down uh, and they are ready to push off. Uh, their Lady Aerosol's home is the closest to Earth at Kalin. Uh, and you are, while you're not in her home at the moment, you are nearby, you're in one of her, her kind of her vassals, so to speak. 
Um, but if you all are prepared, you all can make the trek there if uh, if that is something that you all want to do. Okay. How far was travel again? Uh, so that's the thing. Uh, traveling from her home to is going to be a full day's travel, which means you're going to have to stay up in the middle of the night or you're going to have to try to make the the trek, the climb uh, into Erthad Kalin in the middle of the night. And they're in the, in the time in which you have been asleep, it's been a week, Stormfront has moved in. It's very cold as winter has come or is, is on the precipice of coming. And there's a little bit of cold rain, sleet that is kind of pelting or coming come and gone the last couple of days you hear. So it's going to essentially be like a full day's travel. And you either just try to stay awake the whole night and then try to make the the climb into the fortress during the day, or you try to make a more dangerous climb into the fortress at night. It's sort of up to you all. But with, with all of this support that you're getting, because there's plenty of other people around here, we don't need to do any proper travel rolls for this. It's not like there's other people that can lead you there. It's not a not a travel journey roll type of situation. So that is your let's, call though. Let's say I'm tired of sleeping and try to stay awake. Okay. So you are advised not to sleep actually, uh, for fear that if you do sleep, uh, you might be out again for a week or longer and who knows when you might awake again. So yeah, all of you are specifically instructed not to do so. Uh, so travel isn't difficult, although it is quite cold and wet, uh, as you are pelted by cold rain, gray storm throughout the afternoon. Uh, by the time that you, you get to, uh, I'll ping for you, the, the five of you on the map, by the time you get into the, uh, this forested area, uh, in the sort of the, the nape of the angle where the loud water and the horrorel meet, there is a, a forest that it kind of sprawls to the north and northeast of it. Uh, you all can see that the sun has fully descended uh, to the west. You There's no more light. Plenty of torches and lanterns out at this point. You are amongst a group of, of about 20, as there are several rangers and other people that have come along with you. Uh, and you are, again, you are not alone other people are moving out ahead, scouting for you, and you're just being kept awake. Eventually, uh, you do reach the shore, I should say, the rocky shore of the the Loudwater, the Loudwater and the Horwell. Uh, specifically, the the castle itself actually sits atop a series of these rocky islands, and there's different portions of the fortress that are connected over top. There was once a causeway and bridge that connected the actual land of the, this forested area onto the river itself. And so where those where, where those two rivers meet is, is literally where the fortress is. In the dark, it's not extraordinarily visible, uh, but you are kind of given a basic description of it by the people who have been here, you know, been here before. Uh, there are two towers that are still largely intact though there were others prior uh, there are and those all those each have kind of their their own separate rocks uh rocky islands that erupt from the water 
Each of those towers connect via stone bridge to the fortress itself, which is on a much larger island in the middle of that intersection of rivers. The fortress is, is it almost seems like in certain parts uh, of the day, like it's just floating on water. Like that's kind of how it's built and how it looks. Um, but in the days in which this flooded uh, many years ago, uh, it actually did start flooding some of the, some of the lower levels uh, of the fortress itself. Uh, Floyd and Daggett, you're given an earfill along the way how the foundations were made by the Dwarves of Moria. It is a very old, and this, this might, again, be something you might have learned about before, but the foundations made by the Dwarves of Moria, and it has been, it's been rebuilt since, since those days by many different folks, various petty kings, uh, Numenorians who are trying to, to build up Arnor and Cardolan and, and, and like the successor king, kingdoms. Uh, and even the men of the West, these the, you know, rangers of the North, even those have, have tried to rebuild it. The servants of Angmar during the war with Angmar came through and kept it for a while. So it's gone through a lot of, a lot of change over time. Uh, but really, it is now just this lonely ruin that although the rangers keep it in relatively good repair, they do not like to stay here. Uh, it is it is a place of last resort for them, and it's a place that they would probably only that they would only go into and stay in the case of like a proper assault by a large force, uh, like if there was some sort of evasion force. So at a certain point, as after you've all traveled for for pretty much the whole day, uh, a camp has been set up. Uh, on the on the edge of the uh, edge of the forest, in sight of the fortress itself, you can see the ruined causeway, much like Thar- Tharbad, that once lift, you know kind of rose up and connected the actual land here to one of those rocky islands is gone. Uh, however, a couple of these rangers will explain that they've they've gone ahead. Uh, they've they've put ropes, climbing ropes. They've put places and you know pitons in, in certain places to allow you all to traverse more more, more carefully. Um, and they can even send a few folks along with you just to help you find your way. But when it comes down to it, they, they think it's better for you to stay there alone. Any other, the, the sight of anyone else here, other than those that the, the Lord of Nightmares has been plaguing uh, upon might give away something. So if you all want to push through in the night, we can do that. Or you can try to just stay up and wait till morning when there's more light. Do you have a preference? I would rather push through. Same. If there's no mechanical detriment to pushing through. No, um, no. Push through. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, there is. There's a mechanical penalty for not pushing through because you're str- you're going to have to roll to stay awake. Uh, but Got if you it. push through. Then, then push through it is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, so... We're going to treat this basically like a like a skill endeavor, I think. A simple skill endeavor uh, as you're just now... You guys are all exhausted. Uh, you haven't, you know, you haven't rested well in some time. And you're effectively just trying to do a series of, of rock climbs and such. <laughs> uh, and it is also cold rain and sleet, not quite snow. And as you get to the kind of the edge of the, the river... The waters are rushing. It is not like Tharbad, this kind of slow, meandering current. Like there is some rocky sloshing around here as these rivers intersect. So yeah, we're just gonna do a simple skill endeavor. And each of you can go ahead and sort of describe when you take the lead at a certain point as we work our way in. 
So what you see ahead of you, uh, as you are, you're taken across this ruined causeway by the Rangers and you're, you're basically plopped down into these, this little hump of, of sharp, wet rocks. Everything is quite cold. You can hear that the horror well and the loud water are echoing in your ears. And you can see that in some places it, they're like almost like a, like an ocean wave splashing into the side, causing foam and water to rise up and like kind of trickle against your faces. The, what you see in front of you is, is this rocky, this, uh, this crumbling old tower. Uh, the roof is mostly intact. It's about three stories high, uh, but it's, and you can choose if you want the, the Rangers that are accompanying you, like there's different ways up. You can take the exterior climb, which is vertical. And is it basically a vertical climb straight up? You can try to climb up through the, through the interior of the tower, but your goal here is to try to kind of reach the top or upper portions of the tower. Cause there a stone bridge connects to that, that central fortress Island. And that's where you're trying to get to. So, uh, I don't want to do it. So like everyone has to roll a climbing check. I feel like that's overdoing it. So we're just going to do a skill endeavor where people can just kind of take the lead on things. So who would want, who wants to go first on this and take the lead on this, uh, this movement? I'll go first. Okay, man. Uh, you can tell me what you want to do. If there's an idea, uh, if you have nothing off the top of your head, athletics probably makes a lot of sense here as it's just a climb. You said the Rangers were here before us to set us up. Yeah. Like, so they have, they have set yeah, I'd like up, to scan yeah. pretty much for their markings. Okay. Make sure we follow the path. Okay. Uh, are you trying to go up the interior of the tower or are you trying to go up the exterior of the tower? You're trying to just like a, like a vertical climb on the outside of the tower, or are you going to try to go up through the crumbled stairs, the broken beans? Let's go inside. Okay. Uh, yeah, give this, give me the scan roll. I'm Griffin favored is with three pips. Griffin's yelling at you to use uh, audience dice, by the way. I uh, got a great success. Okay. Very nice. Great start. So, as you push inside the one benefit of going inside is honestly that you're not getting pelted uh, by ice and wind and although it's not warm in here by any stretch it's dry at the very least and you can see that along the way there have been uh, there's markings uh, on certain platforms on certain steps and certain walls then you can quickly deduce is don't step here don't step there careful of this, careful of that. And so as you're shifting and moving up, you can see that there's more than one beam that you can tell has been marked in a particular fashion. And your careful eye, your dwarven eye for structure and, you know, construction can see that that beam in some time in the near future is going to completely collapse. And it's possible that this whole section of floor above will come down with it and putting any extra weight on it now is probably just going to precipitate it. And someone who is as, I mean, you're, you're not, I would say you're a fairly heavy guy. You're a fairly dense guy as a dwarf, uh, could potentially cause a trouble, cause trouble, uh, but you're able to traverse it, kind of climb up. Um, the second level, it looks as if the Western wall has crumbled and fallen in completely. You think there might've been a balcony there at some point, maybe, which is probably why there's such a huge opening and you can feel the wind and the ice sweeping in. 
as you look out to the west, you actually see lights in the distance that you can't quite pinpoint. They're far in the distance on the horizon, and they just sort of scatter and swift around. It's like it's almost like you're seeing fireflies dancing in front of you, but your eyes are so blurry that you don't know if they're right there or if they're a mile away. But you see them just sort of shifting and moving around. You, in your mind, you start thinking back to the travel that you know you you had, and there was that stretch of run that you guys traveled where you were going through these old Cardolan villages, and it's possible that's the general area in that kind of that kind of direction. Who would like to go next as you're kind of pushing up and through? So Irvineal's been sort of looking for a use of sort of energy and so she wants to just power climb up the outside like she's going to take the pelting wind and rain and she's just powering through okay uh so that's the i mean again athletics i think makes sense but if there's something you have in mind i'm happy to listen to that too uh no i think that works all right give it a run and i will take uh, an extra because we've got them. Irineal is grumpy when she does not sleep well. Uh, let me do math. Uh, four, eight, nine, ten. Can confirm. So is Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I teamed that one up for you. She is very cranky when she doesn't get her sleep. Uh, despite, <laughs> rolling, <laughs> despite rolling quite a few ones I did actually roll 15 over 13 and uh, succeeded success? no yeah just a regular success yeah just regular that's still still good still progress so you're taking a different tact as you go up and in doing so it's actually giving you a view of the east uh and it's at all everything's very very dark so it's like it's it's you know, it's nighttime, there's winds, there's rains. You don't really see a ton of things. And you are getting pelted by rain and sleet as you go. And it feels extraordinarily uncomfortable, but at least you feel. So one thing you think back to like the night, the nightmares that you've been having for the past week is that like, even though you have suffered through all this different emotional torment in those dreams, physical pain was not really something that was consistent. And usually whenever anything terrible was about to befall you in one of those moments, you would shift and the scene would shift and change to something else. And so like this, this sort of, there's something to the fact that like you're getting hit by it. And although it's not a good thing, it reminds you at the very least that you're awake. Yep. Yep. However, while you're up here, one thing you do hear, and, and as opposed to see you hear an extra sound as the, the rushing of the, r- the river below becomes a little bit more muted, a little bit more distant as you climb up a couple levels of this tower. The rain is still hitting you, and that's, that's always going to be there. But you hear the sounds of the flapping of wings. And as you scan around, more than once you see a shadow, uh, like a series of shadows, kind of shift and move along some of the clouds here. Uh, some sort of birds or flock of birds or something like that up here might be moving about, uh, but they quickly disappear. Uh, and as you, you're not sure if you disrupted them, they were roosting above or if they've been just circling in the area. 
unclear. Uh, we'll go down, go back then to Gilly or Daggett or Tara. Is there something that you two want to contribute or you three want yeah. to contribute? Yeah. Go for it. Bud. Um, I would like to, if I could, uh, stealth around where the group is going or ahead of where the group is going just to try and uh, see like that we're not going to come across anyone or anything. Uh, just kind of scouting from the shadows. Uh, so you want to stealth ahead? Is that what we're looking to do? Roll stealth? Yes. Uh, so I would say you both both ways up the tower have now been trailblazed by Floyd and Ari. So I would say the rest of you can easily get up following one of their routes much more easily than you would have trying to find the ranger handholds themselves. So Daggett, you're you're basically trying to stealth across this iron this old stone bridge that arching similar in some ways to that uh, to the Tharbad bridge that was actually broken down a bit in the Thorvim and Thebe were hired to repair. But you can see these these kind of arching, leaping bridges, but it's just like one big leap. It's not a series the way it was down in Tharbad. It is not in great condition. You're you are very certain of that. Does not require a scan roll for you, a dwarf known for stonework, to to be able to deduce. And there is more than one area that looks as though it could crumble a good twenty feet down into the rushing waters at any point. Um, but you want to move across quietly. And the other thing I would say you would know is that this is you're gonna you're gonna be very open to the weather as you move across. So go ahead and roll that stealth test as you try to move. And I use my uh, my item to help me be stealthy. I'm sorry, uh, someone stole it while you were asleep for oh, a week. Well, fortunately, it was just no, rags in my armor, so I can make new rags. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> if that's the case. Go ahead and roll. Oh, sugar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a two, two, one, and a five. Uh, I failed horribly. Dang it. You are moving across this bridge. I'll say Floy and Arineal, as you have already narrated, you all being up here. You see Daggett take a few steps moving forward. You lose sight of him. Part of it's because he's just a stealthy boy and there's a lot of debris. But part of it is because the wind and the, the sleet. But I'll say the two of you hear the sudden shout of Daggett. Does Daggett yell sugar? Or does he yell some other horrible no, thing? No, he would uh, yell a dwarven curse. He yells out a dwarven curse, and you both see this silhouette just collapse over the side of the bridge as a chunk of stone begins to fall. And when you rush to the edge, Floyd, I'd assume, you look down, and you can see hanging about halfway down the bridge, there is Daggett swinging back and forth as if he's a pendulum on what looks to be a very uh, a very unwinding rope that's about to snap. Uh, so we're going to say someone's going to need to have to address this on this. Someone has one chance to pull him up without him falling into the river. Okay, can, can Tara try? Because Please. she's probably taller than Gilly. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I assist you with that? <laughs> yeah, can I... Can, <laughs> Fuck, what can I fucking use? Uh, I, I have a rope and hook. I don't know. I use your I imagination. Have <laughs> <laughs> um, can I use 
and I can't think of anything to use apart from athletics. Is that appropriate? I think that's more than appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So describe what you're trying to do, how you're trying to help him. Uh, I, uh, I, I really don't think there's like a lot of finesse to what's happening. I think there's just like, holy shit, dang it. And mm-hmm. just like this kind of, uh, reactionary reflexive kind of reach out and, uh, try to grab whatever fucking part I can reach okay. uh, and then yank him in. Uh, and Yeah. Roll that athletics. Yeah. You can probably grab because he's you can see he's on some kind of rope. Uh like he's wrapped his foot around a rope at some point. And I he's feel like I'm dang Okay, I gotta I gotta like show you a screenshot of this because I think I like I, I don't even think I'm cheating, but I got a 12 and two sixes. Wow. wow. <laughs> I like how it hasn't taken my tray very long to realize. <laughs> that everyone just lies about what they roll. No one ever tells the truth. It's all just lies. Lies well, and lies and lies. Would you also notice she rolled in the virtual table earlier and failed? So her and next now, roll. Oh, that's oh, yeah. an excellent point, Steven. And Steven, I appreciate that you're saying this when your character's life is on the line. <laughs> she cheated <laughs> to save your life and you're calling her out for it. Dang it. Tara, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll pause screenshot. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, I know you I do, you. but still, but still. You, okay. it's instincts take over, right? Like you might be extremely tired. You might be cranky. You might be hungry, exhausted, whatever it might be. But at a certain point, <laughs> one of your friends is in grave danger. Instincts take over. You go running and sliding across this bridge and... And, and half of it is a couple steps and then you're just you're moving across on the on the the wet the wet stone you grab on to one uh like a place you can kind of anchor yourself and then with your other arm you grab the rope just in time before it snaps and then you start pulling and pulling and you can see as you're doing so it's doing that classic unravel unravel as you're pulling and pulling and right as he's about to get within your grasp, oh. it completely snaps. But your other arm at that point, you let go of the anchor, you reach down and you grab him by the back of his neck and you just hurt, you know, kind of just haul him back up at this point. You see a whole mess of stone and building material fall and scatter along the what looks like little spikes of rock and then disappear into the river, the rushing river below. Daggett, you're okay. All right. Daggett. Good Lord. So, Gilly, I don't think we've heard from you yet. What would we say Gilly is doing to help push your way inside this fortress? So after this debacle on the bridge, um, Gilly is going to very cautiously uh, look for danger, uh, possible pitfalls and such as she's leading us across the bridge the remaining way. That sounds great. Uh, Give us an awareness test, I think, right? Is that good? Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You also, I would say, all of you notice as Daggett comes back onto the the bridge as Tara pulls him up. Oh, thank God. And as Gilly is, like, scanning around, right there on the spot, where Daggett collapsed, you can see 
right next to it, there is a marking by the rangers telling not to step on that point. Do not step here. Danger is essentially the, oh, all the no. things you saw inside the tower <laughs> fly. Daggett just missed it entirely. He just he didn't see the markings. Daggett can't read. So that's not his yeah. fault. He had a poor education. <laughs> wow. Public education in the Blue Mountains? Is, it doesn't teach people how to read? Come on now. <laughs> I didn't get to go to private school like Floyd did. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I can't tell you how much I love I love that we turned the Blue Mountains into economic and social warfare. <laughs> like, I just Amazing. love that that's what it turned into. Oh, it was so fun. Uh, how'd you do, Gilly? Uh, great success. I was worried because my D12 was really low, but... Yeah, traveling across the this bridge isn't isn't too difficult once you kind of pick up that they have a, a very much mark the path you should take. And mm-hmm. when you when you traverse it, there's no other issues. Uh, you can see along the way there are parts that are even just dripping little pebbles and, and sand and such uh, just from the extra weight in the center. Uh, but it's not to the point where it's too difficult. You, you eventually get across and you're at what looks like the exterior of the, the main fortress, which is uh, much bigger than a tower itself. Not as tall, but much bigger. Uh, it's sort of, a, sort of hexagonal in shape. Uh, and it is a much larger but lower to the water island. Uh, it's very slippery as you move across. So more than once, Gilly, you have to point out to certain people where there's these, these chunks, these holes, these whirlpools that have uh, kind of formed and stepping into them could, could be dangerous. Uh, you can see that the gate itself has been pushed open for you all as it's been left open to get inside. And as you enter into this fortress, the, you can certainly tell, uh, even with your just a little torchlight, just going through the archways inside that the changing of hands of this place is apparent. Like you can see there's just this mixture of different architectural and artistic styles. And you can see what looks like in some cases dwarven, you know, dwarven workings and other places. It looks like the workings of the types of structures you saw in Numenor, you know, in the, excuse me, in Fornost. And in other places, it just looks haphazard. Slot, you know, like it's like, you know, slot patch stuff kind of put together as best it can. You can see that there is, um, there are ramparts that go all the way around. Uh, there is a wooden staircase that has been probably constructed relatively recently, like probably in the last couple dozen years. It doesn't look nearly as old as most of this. So it's probably the rangers that have built this that goes up to that rampart level. Uh, and Gilly, as you're looking at it, it looks to be in good condition. Like it doesn't look like there's anything to be dan- you know, to, to worry about. Uh, at some point there was... Uh, a central structure here, but instead it's just a big pile of stone and it has not been rebuilt. Uh, so it's really just this massive courtyard with a couple old stables and little recessed areas. Uh, and then the ramparts above. Uh, so what was your total successes there, Gilly? Uh, great. So two. Okay. All right. So with that, with Terra's, you guys have found the area you need to be really. You're just looking uh, for the place where he threw himself off on the ramparts. And uh, since you last, since you went last, Gilly, I give it to you. You find a marking, as you guys are circling around the ramparts themselves, on the southernmost wall, Gilly, on the southern ramparts, 
you find a place where these two large, very gangly looking hawks, they look terrible. They look, they look almost foul as if whoever's artistic eye was just not accurate. It's almost like an abstraction of what a hawk should look like. And they're staring down at the water from atop these, these walls as if they're like greedily looking for what might be in it. And you can see that this whole area, you feel this, this wash of cold kind of sweep in between those two statues of hawks. Like you can just feel it sweeps in there in some way more than others. Uh, and you see a marking by the Rangers as well. So you think you found the place. I think it's here. Nice side, I'll smack Dagger in the back of the head. We're supposed to find the rampart, not throw herself off of it. It was dark. I couldn't see. Well, are you guys Everyone ready? wants to double check the marking and just make sure that the ranger marking is sort of marking this spot. Yeah, make it's sure this it's area. Not another like, don't stay here, danger. Yes, I, I. She got a good success. I wouldn't lie to you. Uh, okay. It is. Yeah, it definitely looks good. So not only are we fighting this battle while sleeping, we're f- sleeping all the way up here. Just great. And Irenia will just sort of like smush her cloak together and just sort of plop down. It's not that bad. We slept in worse. We expected to wake up on the other side. Complaining about it won't help anyone. Get some shut eye. And hope we can get through this. We will. We have to. Okay. Every one of you, as you start to set up a camp, some overhangs to keep yourselves been getting like pelted with water. The storm is is brewing, but distant. You're still kind of again. You're still getting hit by that that light cold rain. Everyone, go ahead and I'll say make a wisdom. Actually, no. Let's hold off on that. We'll say you all just you all fall asleep. You all one by one over the course of however you know an hour or something like that. Maybe maybe less. Your bodies, which have been physically, you know, they've been being physically punished over the last, say, 45 minutes to an hour that you've taken to get into this place. But you eventually feel them kind of start to shut down. And one by one, you all fall asleep. I asked you all, uh, as a little bit of homework, is to think a little carefully about how your, your dreams that you've been having how they've actually started to go and how, what is like the worst form of it. So we're going to do that, but we're going to do this in somewhat of a kind of a quirky, quirky role here. So I'm going to, I'm just going to put an extra token on our little table. Don't worry about it. It's not important. Not important to you guys. So one by one, let's go ahead and just see how those, you know, those nightmares have started to change. So we'll start with Floyd. When Floyd falls into sleep, when the nightmare 
eventually finds him. What do what do we see? You don't have to nav- you don't have to narrate the whole thing. Just kind of set it up for me and start walking me through what it is we're seeing. We see Flo in his chamber of treasures, and he's invited the fellowship over to see all his marvelous wares. And he's proud of what he's gathered, excited to show everyone with the accomplishments of the items, the artifacts, the gems. And their faces start to morph with deceit. This is where they run towards the treasures and run off into the chambers with my cobalt's axe, mithril armor, all the gems and golds with it. They run into the chamber further. When I start to chase them, that's when the chamber morphs into a labyrinth, a maze-like state where I can't find them. And I just continue to chase after them. Floy, as you're chasing after them, you hear a voice unfamiliar to you. Laugh. You see out of the corner of your eye a flickering shadow on some of these morphing walls. I need you to go ahead since you're chasing these people. Go ahead and give me a roll for Explorer, we'll say. Or, um, yeah, I'll th- I think Explorer makes the most sense here. Okay. I've got three pips in that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I rolled a Sauron. A sorry Did action. You? Okay. That's no good. Let me go ahead and just mark that down right there. Okay. You, uh, as you're, as you're chasing around, as you're, you're chasing after everybody, you turn around down this one of these tunnels thinking you've caught up with Daggett. You see the form uh, of a of a dwarf in front of you. You see Kobar's cleaver uh, in their hands as they're running away. You call out for Daggett. You don't even hear your voice. You just hear that cackling laughter. And as the bo- as you catch up to this dwarf, the body whirls and turns, and you see that a dark shade uh, of Mithril that your your own coat once held when it was tarnished and terrible before your journey to Forland. And it is not Daggett that you were chasing, and it is not Daggett wielding the cleaver, but it is yourself. And the cleaver comes sweeping from the side swing right at your right at your chest. Before we resolve that, we're going to go over to Gilly. Gilly... What do we see when Gilly slips into nightmare? What is the terrible, what terrible situation has she been plunged into? So Gilly again uh, is leaning over a renial as she's injured and she's desperately trying to, to heal her and assist her. But as she looks around, Floy is also injured on the ground and Daggett. And Terraneth. We've totally... Gilly is the only person who can assist them at this time. And still, she sees the Nazgul's on the boat. And she's trying to to revive them just in case he continues to pursue us. Gilly, you are... You're sitting there. You're trying to help and heal and revive and... More more people start to pile up around you. Like you're seeing mm-hmm. like these wounded folk pile up around. 
And it almost looks as though it's just going to become overwhelming for you. Like, there's just no way. Why is it just you? Where is everyone else? Where's Alcott Sweetroot? Where are these other people who also are known to be healers? And that's when you notice that many of these bodies are standing. They're moving. They're shambling towards you. And they're starting to swarm you. They're reaching out, kind of clawing at you. Some are just trying to sort of pull you away. Others are just trying to pull you apart. You feel yourself just getting being tugged in different directions as a swarm of undead, uh, these these whites have essentially swarmed around you in your dream. Uh, let's see. Gilly, for you, let's go ahead and make it a... Uh, I think let's make it an athletics test to try, or I'll, or I'll say you can try to do a stealth test. That's fine, too. I know you like stealth. Your unfortunately your your hobbit turn invisible thing isn't gonna really apply here because we're in the dream world or whatever. In the nightmare we also can't hear you. What? Is she talking? Is she trying to talk? <laughs> yes. She's I think math. she was trying to figure out what role she should say she just did. I was counting. I got up to 18. I needed a 14 for my wits, and I did get a 6. She's probably saying, I shouldn't do 12, 6, and 6, because my trade just did that. There's no possible (laughs) way to believe that would happen. So i got to change it up a bit. (laughs) I was counting. (laughs) Oh, oh, I know. How many many success was just a regular success, or did you have Uh, I did get one 6. Okay. Thank you. Okay. We're going to resolve that in a moment. Move down to Arineal. Arineal, same thing. What do we see? When Arineal finally, what horrible state is Arineal in uh, as you as you awaken to your nightmare? So what we see with Arineal is that she is in that sort of cave of faces, but she is in the middle and she's sort of bound. And what she's seeing is everyone that she has come in contact with in the fellowship or throughout our journeys is kind of coming into each of those faces and is getting frozen. And she's just sort of stuck, helpless, unable to do anything. And this is a different way in which every single person that she knows or did know is again being killed. Okay. So it's more of a situation of you are powerless to do anything. You are trapped, mm-hmm. you are stuck, and all yep. you can do is witness bad things happen. You don't even get to be active. As nope. in front of you, just see Marimben fall. You see Talendil fall. You see Sorendir fall. You see all your all the people that you met at Forlorn, the faces of the elves that you remember, that you interacted with. Uh, let's say, I'm going to say let's roll in and hearten for you to see if you can keep your heart in this. See if you can keep yourself from losing hope. No way. All right, and harden. Um, Go ahead and just uh, make up whatever it is that you uh, that you want to roll, and uh, just let me know what that's going to be. <laughs> uh, what do I got? What do I got? Oh, is that a good? Oh, oh no, it's not. She's oh, that's a Sauron. Oh uh, so let me do math, but I don't think the math is going to work because that's a one. No, that's nothing. Uh, six. 
Three, 11, under 14. It's a fail. Okay. So it's two Saurons. Okay. So you see, who would we say? Well, actually, no. It's pretty easy, I think. We see Terra suddenly emerge from the tunnel uh, that connects into this, this room of frozen faces. You see she's got a torch out. She's just looking around. You can't hear what she's saying, but you can almost read her lips as she's calling for you. Ari, Ari calling out. And you see one of those creatures, one of those sorcerers and those whites that you faced in the deepest depths uh, in that that, uh, that one terrible room where Marimben and Talendil eventually died. You see the two of them begin to swirl from a bit of debris behind Terra, and they, she has no idea that they're actually forming and about to attack her. We'll resolve that in a minute. Daggett, same thing. What do we see for Daggett as you drift into Nightmare? So the dream begins the same way it has the past few times, where Daggett is leading the Fellowship into battle against a horde of orcs. He's drawn up a plan, and the plan is going entirely wrong. He's trying to uh, command people to make changes, and every time he gives out an order, uh, he gets that person killed. And it continues on and on until he sees the entire Fellowship fall in front of him. And at the very end, his arms are weak and he strikes at an orc captain and that orc takes Block Fong out of his hands, just rips it away as if I had no strength. And I realize that it's now Lottie holding Block Fong and she swings that axe at me. Everything goes dark, but I don't die. And it moves from a dream to a memory that Daggett has long tried to forget, where he is a very, very young dwarf fumbling around blindly in the dwarven mines of his home. He's crying, just sobbing. The dust is all over his face. He can't see anything in the dark. Feels like he's been lost for days. And then finally, he hears the voice of his father, Snook, calling out for him. There's a rumble in the tunnel. He goes running towards the voice. Snook calls out for Daggett one more time, and you hear he Daggett falls over because the tunnel has another quake, and there's a cave-in. And I get there just in time to see Snook, his head and his arm out from beneath the rubble, looking at me, pleading, why did you do this? Roll in and hearten as well, I think, to see if you can sort of seeing if you can keep your your heart, your courage about you in this moment. Maybe uh, that is a fail. Okay. You start sobbing in some capacity. You see the you see the face is kind of staring you down. We fade out of that moment. We go over to Terra. Terra, what do we see when we shift into Terra's nightmare? Uh, so uh, the the recurring sort of uh, theme, I suppose, is in Terra's favorite nightmares is that she was serving the shadow without knowing she was serving the shadow. 
Right. The big difference in this dream is that not only does she know she has been very actively trying to do her best to be the greatest lieutenant of the Witch King or of Sauron or of, and, and to rise among the ranks and, and all you see is her kind of standing still with her spear and a grim resolve on her face as she stands at the edge of a cliff and overlooks and the view kind of shifts like a camera panning and there is just armies that stretch almost to the horizon of men of orcs of there's a few winged creatures that are equally leathery and feathery in in their giant wingspans that have no business being what they should as big as they are but they are and she is and there's just this uh, really messed up, corrupted version of that white handprint they saw in the arcs. Um, and there's a version of that on almost everybody in this army. And it is clear she is commanding in service Terror of the shadow. Terror, roll battle test. So you're describing yourself as this this leader of armies. Yeah, roll a battle test. Okay. Let's see how that goes. Tara, Tara's a soldier. Like, <laughs> she's... Uh... Okay, I have a 12 and two fours. So a total of 20. Uh, 12 to 20. Yeah, I'm sure that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's good. Uh, okay, so, but just, just the one. No extra sixes. Okay. So, just to sort of start resolving what's happening, Floy, this axe comes swinging out at you, but as it does, you recognize it as Cobra's cleaver, but when you see it start to extend, it just turns into this sort of wide net of shadow and sweeps across to you. You don't really feel it physically hit you, like, but you, can, you know that it has somehow made contact and it's kind of digging into you. I need you to roll uh, a wisdom test. Yeah, go ahead and roll a wisdom test. All right, I have three wisdom. Yeah. 15 just matches, so I passed. You pass, no extra sixes? No extras. Okay, take one point of, uh, of shadow and you are suddenly transported. And as you look around, as that shadow overwhelms you, you see yourself in this soggy, musty, murky keep. Different to the one that you're in now that you fell asleep in, but you've been here before. You look around and you recognize it. You see the mist and fog. You hear the sounds of insects buzzing. You see the sloshing of water, and you have returned to that Rudauer keep. And as you look down, 
you hear like this this hollow hollow noise from the distance. You look down and you can see you're bleeding profusely from a wound. And you can see that there's this discoloration around your skin where some kind of poisoned wound has you know, sort of transformed. All this is extraordinarily familiar. In the distance, you can see Gilly and Arineal yelling at you to run, to run, and to run. And you look behind and you can see that creature that was beneath the keep that tried to attack you, that you so desperately tried to elude, is chasing you once more. Uh, take one point of shadow. Arineal. Uh, you're going to go ahead and you're going to roll also a wisdom test. So I took another point after that you one took point. took one point of shadow loss. Okay. Like one point of shadow damage, I should say. That makes me miserable. Okay. Go ahead and mark it. So that was basically a spell that was cast on you called Dreadful Spells. And now I'm casting a spell on Arineal called Visions of Torment while Melissa does her, her, her fake math. I got uh, Lolly on a D6 uh, and the rest is 13, 14, 15, 20 over 16. So that's a okay. great success. You feel yourself overwhelmed with a significant amount of exhaustion as you watch as these two uh, these two whites manifest behind Terra in your vision and cut her down to pieces. And you just feel this overwhelming sense of exhaustion, but despite it, you actually manage to endure uh, and you're able to witness it once more. Uh, and then... Uh, okay, I gotta roll the last one randomly. Uh, it's gonna be Terra. Terra, go ahead. Uh, do the same thing that Floyd did and roll a wisdom test. Can you remind me how I roll a wisdom test? Sure. Uh, so on your character sheet on the upper right, you should see a wisdom score. Yep. Uh, Mine's two. So roll that many d6s and a d12. Okay. Okie doke. Your target is your wits target number. So for you, it'll be 18 is what you're looking for. Okay. Um, I got an 18. <laughs> uh, with I should have waited to tell her the, the target number. <laughs> I should have lied, and I should have said it was 19. No, no I got an 8, a 4, and a 6. You got an extra 6? Okay, you I do not. I got one 6, yeah. Okay, you do not take any point of shadow. Uh, but you can, I would say that you feel old injuries begin to, to hint at themselves. Like, they don't fully reopen in any particular way. And similar yeah. to the way I described with Floyd's where an old wound was like his old poison that he suffered from many, many episodes ago for you, yeah. you can just feel the wounds reminding you the aches that they're there, but not fully reopen again. Right. Uh, sorry. Can I just ask a question before we move on? Yeah. Um, when you said 18 was the target number, is that because 18 is my wits or is Correct. that just the lowest stat that I... It's it's your wits. Wisdom is tied okay. to your wits, okay. and valor is tied to your heart. Got it. Thank you. All right. This time, this round, as we are actually at an initiative round, by the way, but it's it's, it's a little different. All of you roll an insight test. That's your test this time around. Everybody oh my gosh, rolled I have insight. absolutely nothing in insight. 
Same, I have no insight. That's one of my uh, favorite. Rolling a straight D12 Remember, against target 18. We've got dice. You've got uh, plenty of audience do. dice. We do, we do. I'll take but you know what happened when you use them. We roll uh, dice. You get extra dice. I that's what happens. You succeeded with a dice. Uh, can I have one, Melissa? Look at them. Terrible. Do you see me cheating and throwing new stuff into combat whenever I don't get what I want? No. Don't do that Jeff, at all. I didn't use an audience die because mathematically I would still need a Gandhi whether I take an audience die or not. See, I take two audience dice and fail anyway. So oh, no. that. I did okay. fail. I'm not That's using them now because I definitely will need them in combat. <laughs> we gotta get through this to get to combat. That's true. Let's start with true. this. Did anyone pass? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So, did you get any extra successes on your passes? Yes. Yes. Okay, I, so I, both... Is it twelve and... a six? A no, six. It's just a six on a d six is no. an extra. Six. Okay. No. Gilly, you got what? Uh, great success. Yeah. Okay. So, so three total between. So two, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing, I'm doing like a, a, a counter on my end. Got it. The the two of you, as you are, like in this horrible nightmare, believing in some ways for it to be true, almost like a moment of like a waking dream. You realize what's happening. You realize where you actually are. You remember coming to Earthad Kaleen. You remember the story of the Lord of Nightmares, you remember that this creature is assaulting your mind and you steal yourself and you realize that none of this is really happening. All of this is just some crude and perverse fixation by a horrible creature. And all of the, everything that you've experienced over the past day, the meeting with Gandalf and Gilrain and Erisil, the climb into this fortress, all of that is back and you manage to to some degree, break some of the hold that this creature has on you to the point where you see a shadow move out of the corner of your eye. And as you turn to look, you can see him standing there. Just the silhouette of this six foot tall man, maybe a little taller. You see a sweeping, I'm not sure if it's a cloak or a robe, but it's just this black silhouette. Floy and Daggett and Arineal, did any of you roll Sauron's? No. no. Okay. No. All right. If that's the case, we'll just do it uh, in this fashion. I need Daggett to make a wisdom test. All of you continue. The three of you continue to see what you're seeing the memories of the plan have not yet fully surfaced and you are still transfixed by the dream, the nightmare in front of you, still emotionally affected by it, still somewhat controlled by it, whereas Gillian Terra has kind of begun to break free from it. Finally has to roll great success. Great success. Okay. You, uh, very similar to what I've described with Floyd and Terra, you feel old wounds resurface, but they don't reopen. It's more just aches and pains that begin to hit you. And then, uh, let's see. It'll be Arineal again. Arineal, go ahead and give me a wisdom test. Okay. 
let us know how you do. It's long pause. Remember the old podcast days whenever there was like more than a second and a half silence? I freaked the hell out. I'm like, why is there so much silence? Uh, yes, that is that is a success. Uh, Aggressive icon. 20, um, but no extra successes. Take one point of shadow as you feel exhaustion begin to overtake you. I'm going to go back to Gilly and Tara. You have agency. What would you like to do? You see a silhouetted creature in front of you. What would you like to do? I want to shoot at it. Okay. You reach back and it's there. You have control. Like suddenly, suddenly you have your arrows. And not only that, you don't fully remember ever wielding and putting the bow in your hands, but there it is in your hands. And there the bow is in your hands. You look around, all of the undead that were swarming, you have fallen to the ground and they are just there and the creature is is moving about you can't see any facial expressions it's just the shadow but you can see them light is you know very clear so go ahead and roll absolutely uh, oh it's one two no three extra, no extra parry so yeah just a flat roll oh god okay okay uh that is just a great success just a great success. I love the extra effort Ashley puts in. Oh, God, this is so hard doing oh, all this up. math. In her mind, she's thinking, how long should I keep this up? Van, no. no, no. Oh, I need to get rid of uh, I need oh, that to was ink close. my just wooden die. <laughs> I need to ink my wooden die. Uh, what's your damage? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it is eight. Okay. Good to know. Thank you very much. You fire oh, not my base damage, though. I spent my extra six oh, on it. Okay. Yeah. okay, no, that's fine. No, 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 that's what I meant. Like, how much damage did you do? How much endurance damage? You fire the air. <gasps> Roll for a wound. It flies, no. Uh, okay. It flies through, <laughs> but yeah, not in, this, not in this particular case. But it flies through, and you see as it, as it contacts this shadow, you can see it almost wrenches part of the shadow free as the, the arrow travels completely through it leaving a small hole that slowly restitches itself. But you hear out of the, like, the kind of the back of your mind, you can hear this distant howl of pain and surprise, of a, a gravelly man's voice. Tara, you also have agency. You are standing atop of this terrace. There is a massive army below you. But when you turn around, you can see that standing atop this terrace with you is this shadow. What do you do? And you have, again, full memories of who you are, what you're doing, what's been happening to you. What does Tara do? Uh, can you just set the scene for me a little bit? Are, are the three, uh, are my three friends, like, are they asleep around me? You still? can't are see anybody. Rousing? You don't anybody? see Gilly. Okay. It's just you. You are literally in me? your nightmare. It's just you then on that terrace. Then I am yeah. charging with my spear. <laughs> okay. And the spear, you don't even, again, don't even remember pulling it out to wield it. It's just, it was already in your hands and you go charging in with it. Roll your attack. <laughs> Sorry, I was so like focused on on enjoying the, the seaweed like, I didn't have my stuff ready and I should This is definitely a so Freddy Krueger inspired it was of the campaign. Definitely. Cool. So fucking cool. Okay, so I got one six. I got a 20 total and one six. That's a great success. Okay. 
what is the total damage that you can do with that weapon? Uh, with the spear. And then you would probably oh burn that for a heavy blow. Is five, five okay. damage, eighteen injury. Okay, let me just double check one thing about this great spear. Wasn't sure if it got plus one. Okay, so five, and then your your strength is six. So if you burn that extra success, you can do eleven points of endurance damage to this. Okay, uh, I would like to. Perfect. All right, the two of you in separate. Separate visions, separate dreams, separate areas, or maybe in the same place, who knows? But as you thrust your spear through it, you create this, it's almost like you're tearing through thick, wet paper. And eventually you do manage to push through and it's almost like he's a very two-dimensional figure. But you again, just like Gilly, hear that distant, horrible howl of pain. Uh, Floyd, Daggett, and Rineal, go ahead and roll insight tests as a new round begins. Uh, I don't get a bonus or anything from passing the wisdom last round. No, no, that's just is preventing you from taking horrible effects. This guy's got two horrible spells that he can do. One of them you guys have never seen before. So I really hope it goes through at oh, least once. Good. <laughs> Uh, I, I rolled a seven it. again, so p- fail. Okay, Floyd and Daggett, you are still consumed by the nightmare, not quite able to to wrench yourself free from the terrible things. Floyd, you're still chasing after these various people who have stolen your goods. This constant, unending twisting and turning of these tunnels, every now and then coming face to face with one of these thieves, only to realize that it was you hacking away at you, the seeping wound of something in the past, each time is getting opened wider and wider, more and more. Daggett, it's almost like on repeat as you're chasing after your father once more, and every time you get there late and late and late, and every time you see his look of sadness, his look of despair, and his look of disappointment in his face. Arineal, how did you do? Also failed 11 under 14. Unfortunately, you see. Who do we see this time? So we've seen Tara, we've seen Talendil and Marimbem. Gilly. You see Gilly rushing over to Tara, who's on the ground. She's trying to tend to her. She's doing, you know, her her healing way. She's pulling out her pulstice bag. And out of this small shadow, you just see this glistening icy spear, and it moves with utter silence that Gilly doesn't notice and you just watch as it's thrust down on this angle right through Gilly's the back of Gilly's neck down through her throat and it pins Tara as well into the ground okay uh and then the three of you go ahead and all all three of you can roll wisdom tests it's gonna be uh Melissa who's gonna get the brutal spell the other two are just getting the normal spell Roll a Sauron, so auto failure for me. No Sauron, but I did fail. Oh. Okay. How about you, Arineal? Also rolled a Sauron, also failed. Okay. Both Floy and Daggett take two points of shadow, and you are wounded as a wound that you have suffered in the past has fully reopened. 
So think back to a time in which your character has been wounded, either in preferably in the campaign, but if, if you can't think of one, just make up something from your past. Uh, Floyd was already hinting at the one that you nearly died to in the, in the marshes, but that, I think that was poison more than anything else. But it reopens as you are both wounded. Should we really, roll the wound table for this? Uh, no, you don't have to worry about that okay. for now. Uh, then Arineal, um you you failed as well, and you you did a Sauron failed. So I had two Saurons between between the three of you. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> you fools. Uh, okay, Arineal, what? So you take two points of shadow. First of all, then. What is your current shadow score? Seven. Take 14 points of endurance loss. As you lose a number of endurance points equal to twice your current shadow score. Holy shit. Wow. Sorry, excited to use this one. I didn't think you guys were going to fail any of these. You guys very rarely fail. Insight. Like I, I put in chat, I don't know when I've rolled insight before. It's one cool. of the few things that I've got nothing in. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I screwed up, guys. <laughs> I messed up. That was so. You supposed you get to roll wisdom first. I thought that was was your fails on wisdoms, not insights. You guys. Yeah, rolled, yeah, yeah. Get, no, no, it was. It, it, that oh, was okay. my wisdom fail. But but before okay, okay, that, okay, okay. I keep rolling I I insights. Up. My bad. My bad. And you do get you do get to resist wisdom. this. I didn't want to. I thought I skipped over the resistance. No, sorry, no, no, guys. No, no, you're fine. Okay. And the three of you are still locked in your nightmares. We go to Gilly and Tara, who are actively still fighting this creature in the nightmare. The two of you can go. The situation is still roughly the same. You see a shadow creature. You just see yourselves. Tara, you're still on the terrace. Gilly, you're still amongst that field of, of, of dead and dying. What did the two of you want to do? Any order. It doesn't matter. Stances don't matter right now. Still attacking. Okay. Go right ahead. Uh... That's another 20 this time with a six. Okay. So you get, okay. So you get uh, an extra success. Yeah. So great success in your roll. Uh, is the damage the same? Is it going to be 11 damage again? Damage is the same. It'll be 11 again because I'll burn that again. Excellent. You pull the, the spear back and you just almost like you're climbing up the body. The first one was in the stomach. The second one now, you just punch through where the sternum would be and twist, yank it free. You see chunks of shadow just begin to tear away and flutter away like they're paper. Are there any discernible features now that I'm like... Nothing. It's this just this, just hideous. Terrifying. It's just, yeah, I know, there's nothing there. And so much worse. Whenever you hear the voice, it's not even from that shadow. You just hear oh, the pain from the distance. God Gilly. damn it. How did I'm you do, so, Gilly? So much worse. Uh, extraordinary. <laughs> extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, describe your shot as you uh, as you fire this arrow. Uh, where uh, do you aim? Probably like with other race, like center mass, uh, where she's felt it before, like have resistance. Okay, you uh, fire this arrow, and you see as much like it's done before. It goes through the shadow and begins to pierce through the other side. Except the shadow almost seems to wrap and get caught around the area itself and almost like an implosion or if it's just like like the shadow is spiraling, your arrow continues to travel and kind of straightens 
until the entirety of this figure dissipates. And Gilly, you wake up. You feel the feel sleet and cold rain pelting your face as it looks like one of the tents has flown away. Tara, as you pull back your spear and you get ready to slash in again, right as you go to, to just stab through with the spear, the shadow just explodes into a thousand pieces in front of you, and you find yourself stumbling awake on the ramparts in Erthad Kaleen. And you look over, you can see Gilly is awake and Tara is awake. You can see Floy and Daggett and Arineal are groggily kind of waking up. Their eyes are flickering open. Floy and Daggett and Arineal, all of you are going to suffer ill-favored on anything you do this round as you have been broken from your dream, but you still believe at least half of the, like, kind of half believe that you are in that nightmare right now. Like that this, you're not sure if this is real yet. The other thing you all see is standing five feet from you on that exact same rampart, right next to where those hideous looking hawks are, those statues that look overlook the river. You see a man about six foot two or so. He seems dressed in this kind of very old but angular armor. You can see this cloak, this tattered cloak is flickering out and behind him in the wind. And when you look at his face, it, it doesn't even look like corporeal. It seems like it's shifting and moving, kind of fluttering in between like this world, the scene, the unseen, kind of coming back and forth. And he's looking at his hands and there is a sense of shock at where he is right now. Uh, and now we will go actually into stances. Because uh, now it matters as we are back into the actual world, uh, as you have you have made through this first one. Oh gosh! So uh, no opening volleys, and we're just going to go right into it. So uh, stances. Uh, we're back into combat. Don't worry about getting up. I'm assuming everyone can stand. Rearward. Rearward for for Gilly. Get forward. your bow out, no problem. Tara, you're going forward. Arineal, yep. charging forward. forward. Same with Daggett. Uh, Floy. Floy's going into open. Okay. All right. Arineal should not be going into forward, but she is going to go into forward. <laughs> oh, now you want to make the, the bad and ill, Ill choice. Okay. Um, so let's say, Tara, I'm going to say you can go first here because you're the one who is kind of most in their right mind. So go ahead and uh, describe what you do. Uh, charge forward. I, uh, with, the, with the spear in hand. Um, All right. Go right uh, ahead. It's a, uh, God damn it. I can't stop. You know what? Fine. Uh, success. Another 20 with a six. Oh my gosh. Um, um, okay. So now if you wanted to do something else with your damage, uh, with your bonus die, you can. So if like you didn't want to just do heavy blow, if you wanted to do something else, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, no, I, I want to take this thing down. As what kind of weapon are you using? My great spear. Just a regular old great spear? Looks, that's all I have. That's the best thing I have right now. Okay. <laughs> What's the total endurance that you do? Uh, Same thing, 11 again? 11 again. You thrust the spear into him, and despite him looking to have corporeal form, 
their strike feels strange. You don't have that normal resistance that you would feel when pushing this into the torso of a living person. It, it almost seems to go in. You feel slight resistance and it kind of pushes through. It is a very awkward feeling. This is Jeff describing how not all that damage went through. Yeah, I know. I got that. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I figured. Uh, <laughs> all right. Terra, uh, Terra's gone. So Daggett or Arineal also in forward stance. And whatever you do this round is going to be uh, ill-favored. I'll go ahead and go. Um, all right, Daggett. Arineal, how many audience dice do we have? Plenty. I would like to take five to counter the ill-favored. Okay. Um, so I'm good. just rolling okay. straight here. And uh, I will just rush forward and swing block funk. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That was taken from you while you were sleeping? <laughs> well, then I'll bite him, okay? It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> As you go to bite uh, him, wherever you go to bite him, you see your father's face manifest. <laughs> Is there a parry? <laughs> I'm sorry, what's that? Uh, no, there there's no parry? parry. No, it's zero. Okay, great success. Um, okay. So I'll just uh, do a extra damage so uh 14 damage and you are using block fong okay you slash through and as tara is like removing the spear and he's looking down still confused a bit at like at his hands he doesn't even get a moment to react before you take block fong and just bury it in the same place that Tara just removed her spear from, except yours cuts through him and he screeches in this horrifying pain uh, that all of you kind of hear it echoing in your ears. It's like the first time he has felt such pain in hundreds of years, perhaps. Arineal, we turn to you. Yeah, so something that I haven't actually kind of called on particularly recently is that as a champion, I do have enemy lore for undead. Yeah, that's true. And so that gives me uh, knowledge of the characteristics, habits, strengths, and weaknesses of my chosen enemy. So I'm looking more weaknesses, obviously, in this battle situation. Okay, uh, so you would know that... Uh, so things that... I'll just tell you everything that you would know. Uh, first of all, it's heartless, so intimidate foe actions are useless against it unless there's a magical success. You would know that uh, normally, whether or not this creature applies, you're not 100% sure, but normally creatures of this type, uh, they are deathless, which means they can often come back from endurance loss, essentially. Um Unless, and this is going to be fun for you, uh, it's against player heroes wielding a magical weapon enchanted with spells for the bane of the undead, which some of you You mean have. like Minozigar? Exactly, yes. So <laughs> hitting it with, so basically hitting it with your, your, your weapon, if you're successful in doing so, or anyone else with that weapon, will prevent it from using its deathless ability. Um, and then, yeah, that's really it. Oh, and weapons that do not possess enchanted qualities. Uh, like, I think everyone, unfortunately, but Terra has. I don't know. Actually, Gilly might not have one. I don't think Gilly I has one. I don't have either. one. Yeah. No. Um, did you, are wraiths also affected by fire or no? Some of them are. This one does not actually have the fear of the fire ability. Okay. Uh, fell ability. But yeah, you're right. That That is a, a common thing on some of these creatures. 
Okay, Reniel. That's the info I can give you. Even with ill-favored? Yes, I did the same thing Steven did. So I rolled it straight, not favored. Uh, What is the total damage? Uh, So I'm going to do 12 damage. So five from a Nozigar and seven from my strength. 12? Okay. Fair enough. And you you tag it with the Sword of the Spirit. You swing around behind where Daggett is and you hack Menozagar down into its side. And again, he screeches in pain. There's now all these weapons that are hacking into him in a time in which he probably, again, hasn't felt such pain in some time. We go to Floy. Floy, what would you like to do? So I'm Max Shadow. Miserable. I'm first time I've gotten any type of control in all the nightmares. My arms are still heavy, but instinctually I just know to charge through to the shadow. So I'll lift up the axe as best I can and swing at it. Okay. Are you going to do the same thing they did? Burn some... No, I'm not. Ill-favored. I'm ill-favored like, all the time because of Max Shadow. Oh, that's true. Good yeah. call. Okay. I still rolled three sixes. Extraordinary success with a two. What's the total damage? Oh my gosh. Wow. What's your total damage going to be? It's going to be three heavy blows... On the base. <laughs> wow. 28 damage. Floy is a beast. Floy, describe your kill. Uh, continuing <laughs> off my groggy feeling coming out and just a guttural yell from the bottom of my gut, charging to the shadow, just swinging multiple times, full wrath, striking it down. As, as the cleaver cuts through him, you essentially hew him, not fully in two, but you certainly hew him to the point where there's now a large chunk of him missing. He he finally, it seems, kind of solidifies in some way in front of you, becomes was fully corporeal. You can see this rotten old skin, this look of utter confusion and pain as he barely he was not even able to do anything. As you pull the cleaver away, he falls. And he was right next to the hawks. And his body begins to lean and fall over the side of the ramparts. You're welcome to interfere with that if you want. But it's but essentially, he's like kind of stumbling, stumbling. He turns, he looks at you all. He looks out at the darkness. And you can tell there's no surviving this, this, this swing. And you see him just fall. Is there Arineal. any way to... Yeah, I'm going to try yeah, and Yeah, definitely. Arineal well. and Tara, you both both dive and you reach out and you grab a portion of that tattered cloak. Well, I'm about madness. You, I'll continue on swinging him until he's f- fallen over the cliff. So Arineal and Tara, you grab on to the cloak and you have him and you're getting ready to pull him up and Floyd just keeps swinging and swinging until he just hacks through that cloak into the head and the body just falls. You wrench free. You have the cloak in your hands, Tara and Ari, and portion of him. But the rest of the body has fallen. Floy. Oh. What you doing? Taking down the wraith. We've done it. But that's what they thought they did before, and he wasn't actually dead. We needed to keep his body his body for what 
so we can haunt our dreams again. That you saw they my thought hits. they killed. They thought he jumped off last time, but he wasn't really dead, and that's why he was haunting our dreams. So we needed to keep the body to make sure that he was dead this time, so he doesn't keep haunting our dreams. Do you want me to swing at you, like I did at the wraith? That'll confirm it, Seth. You cut me off at breakfast this morning. Now you're threatening to hit me. I think I'm just going to leave you be. We're all tired. We're exhausted. Do we know for sure that we broke the connection? Gilly, you haven't gone yet. Everyone else has attacked and moved. You were lining up your arrow to fire. You were peering down. You, as you saw him stumble, something fell from his body and you look on the ground where it is sleek wet stone you can see chunks of uh, of chunks of like little tiny chunks of ice but you see a tarnished what you think is silver ring with what looks like some sort of blue stone set on one side is laying on the ground near where he fell Uh, Gilly's gonna take uh, part of her cloak and, and pick it up so she's not touching it directly. Okay. You you move down. You, you, you scoop it up. Everyone else was looking over and watching, hacking the body and seeing it fly over. The fight between Floyd and Arineal and Gilly, you were able to pull it up into your, into your hand. You have it in like a, a portion of your, your cloak or a piece of cloth so you're not touching it directly. Is um surprisingly heavy. Uh, it is it's a de- it's a decent size ring. It's definitely sized for a larger you know kind of a larger finger. Uh, but it is it is nonetheless a ring that you have in your hands now. Uh, and uh, remembering the conversation that we had with him, that he had this horrible ring that allowed him this power to influence people's dreams. She's sure. going to tuck it in her bag. Um, okay. Uh, Daggett, make an awareness test. So I'm going to say Floy and Arineal and Tara were probably too busy diving after the, the cloak and hacking away at him in the fight to really kind of notice this moment. But Daggett might. Sure. I'm going to take an audience die because <laughs> I want to notice this. No longer <laughs> ill-favored, by the way. It was just for the first round of that combat. So you can roll normal again. Great. That means I'm favorite. Uh, that is a Gandhi regular success. You Amazing. see Gilly. Uh, Gilly, what did we say that you were picking it up, trying to do it stealthily and quickly and like sneakily, or were you just sort of doing it? With... She was just, just doing it. Okay. Daggett, you watch her reach down, scoop something up from the ground. Um, with, and you a, see with her, a Gandhi, I'll say yeah. you, you saw it was a ring. I'll say because it was a Gandhi, you saw it was a yeah. ring. And you yeah. can see she looks concerned when she has it, and you see her put it in her bag. Uh, I watch her. My eyes flicker over to Floyd, and I don't say anything. Okay. As you all are staying and standing atop here, the cold rain... The sleet finally, finally abates. You 
look down as best you can, but it's so far down, the waters are so dark, that body was likely swept away. But we see off to the east, a, a tiny sliver of yellow and orange begin to emerge. On the other side of the misty mountains as dawn is threatening. Is there anything else you guys wanted to do in Earthad Kaleen? I don't think so. Okay. I'll check if okay. my wound is actually reopening. Oh, you look down and it is most certainly not. You are fine. Uh, Arineal, Daggett, uh, you both are as well. Daggett and Floyd, you can uncheck that wound box now. Uh, had you taken a second wound in your nightmare, however, uh, things would have been bad. Oh, God. Uh, but you do not. No, you're good now. Uh, Arineal, uh, you still took that endurance loss, though. That did actually happen. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sure. We'll say you all retrace your steps to leave. You see the, the party standing there waiting for you on the on the bed of the river. Gandalf and Gilrain, Lady Arasil, some of her, her guard. And they step forward and is it done? Have you sent it, the connection? It's at this point that Gilly will use her cloak again and present Gandalf and them with the ring. You see Gandalf's eyes kind of go wide at that. Gilrain as well. All the three of them <laughs> look at each other as... Oh, that's my dog. <laughs> as they have hounds with them to help with scouting. <laughs> One of them... Really my dog's name is Pippin! <laughs> oh, perfect! Uh, full of a talk, quiet. <laughs> Gandalf says. Uh, no, but the three of them exchange glances. They look. Are you offering it to them or are you showing it to them? My she's, eyes also go wide. She's just showing it at this point. So they will. So Lady Aracel will speak up. Gilrain shortly will follow and they will put. So the legends are true. Has he been dealt with? The Wraith? Is it dead? It's done. We hope so. You think? He was I know so. Gandalf kind Considering of looks at we Floyd, have the raises ring. an eyebrow, mutters something about dwarves under his breath. Go ahead, Gilly. Uh, Gilly also confirms I'm, I'm confident in Floyd's and Terranus and our abilities. Gilrain speaks up. That ring. Very dangerous artifact. We need to be kept. A very safe place. I uh, take a step uh, closer to Gilly and just right behind her shoulder. If you would allow it, Miss Kittlegrass. We have vaults within this territory. Many a hidden thing currently lies. You can keep it safe and out of the hands of any who would use it for such terrible ills that the former Lord of Earthad Kaleen used it for. If you would allow it. 
We have lots at home. The dwarves can hold this. The dwarves. And you can hear Gandalf. Hmm. Not sure that it is particularly wise, though they are very stout people. Well, we've seen what happened when men hold on to the ring. He kind of looks at you. He's like, kind of confused. Perhaps wondering, are you calling him a man? And he just the race of men. The Hobbit is the one who possesses it. It is hers by right. We will leave it to her to decide. Gilrain's looking at you and she's been, as far as you can tell, nothing but earnest in this statement. She yeah. has offered, offered the, their vaults within the territory as a place to keep this safe and out of terrible hands. Or you can give it to your psycho friend, Floy, or your <laughs> greedy friend, Daggett. Or you can do something else with it. It's entirely up to you. Uh... Is it actually really bad for me to give this back to the humans? Is like an Ashley question. So you guys have none of the five of you have really any idea about the whole rings of power stuff. Like that's not yeah. like a common knowledge kind of thing. So that's not really anything you would know. And I would say just from a meta perspective, this is not a ring of power. Uh, that's okay, not what this yeah, is. It's, it's it a powerful either. ring. It's a terrible it artifact. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not. We a definitely ring of power. don't want to take it to to Angmar. You're not, you're not to give it to these people. We fought for this and earned it. We will not be returning to your people's lands now. It's winter. It needs it's, to be kept somewhere. Send messengers. We have time. We could use it for good. I don't believe this should be used. I agree that this is not something that we should take with us. Back to our return trip to Angmar. We spoke of it. It is what allowed him the horrid right to get into our dreams. It was used for evil. Think of the things that could, other things that could be used for. It just tainted. More evil? My armor was tainted, and now look at it. Shining bright as new. Yes, and do you not remember the, the trials that you faced in order to purify it? Of course I remember. I know of no place nearby to purify such things. I do think, at least for now, and she'll look at, at Lady Gilrain, I would certainly appreciate it guarded. Billy. Yes. This is a decision that should not be made lightly or impulsively. We're exhausted. We're tired. We have only just discovered this. Don't make a choice that you may not be able to take back. Even if we give it to them to put it in their vault, we can decide tomorrow to take it out. Leaving it out seems un unwise. Tara, you have spent more time here than I. You vouch for these rangers in their vaults. And Tara has, has been... Um... Uh, this is quite typical of what she does, which is just to kind of see where everybody's uh, perspective lies. 
and uh, so she's kind of just been quite by design and listening to what people say. But when it really lasts, she says with conviction and a resolve, yes, I vouch for them. And I believe that Lady Gilrain and Lady Arcel, especially under the direction of the great wizard Gandalf will keep this safe un until we require it for our own purposes because perhaps Floy and Daggett are right. Perhaps it can be used in service of our fight against the shadow, but it is not something we should carry with us if that is what we intend to use it for. We already saw what happened when we took and she'll kind of describe the blade that we had that went missing in Angmar last time we were there, that perhaps we don't do that again. We already did that once. We brought something that was dangerous and it got left there unintentionally. Perhaps we don't repeat that same mistake again. This is not an artifact to be treated lightly. This is no treasure found in a cave. Well, I've said Perhaps that, do as you wish. Perhaps that artifact will be what tips the balance in our favor in Angmar. Perhaps it will be, but we do not need to carry it until then. We do not know what power it holds. If someone like the Lord of Nightmares was wielding it, I cannot imagine it will do anything good for its wear. Gilly, you have heard our arguments. It is your choice. Clearly, I need to research this further. Let's just head back. I am tired. And so, we'll say the that that three of Aracel, Gilrain, and Gandalf, they don't push. They just simply nod. And they kind of agree a little bit. Like, yes, you have not slept in some time. We shall... Find you beds. You will get a good bit of rest, refreshment, nourishment, and we will speak on this more when you are ready. Is the so, only way to see if we have severed the connection to go to sleep and see if we continue to be beset by neighbors? Or is there anything we might be able to do before we bed? You down? have defeated. Destroyed the wraith, yes. You have taken its ring. The stories say that it is not the, the creature that was capable of entering into one's nightmares, but the ring that he carried. So, with good hope, the wraith is no more, but at the very least, the instrument it used to haunt you is now in... Miss Kettlegrass's hands. And therefore, I don't see how it could affect you. Right. So with that, we see the camp begin to break. We see all of these rangers. We see Gandalf. We see Gilrain. We see Lady Arisal and our fellowship. 
start to travel north and away from Earth at Kaleen and back to some of the ranger havens for a well-earned and a long overdue decent rest. And we will go ahead and end our session there. We'll pick up with Why is Gilly invading my dreams? What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am so tense right now, guys. You okay, buddy? What's the matter? No, it was a good session. (laughs) Oh, boy. Out of madness gets us fighting again. (laughs) So basically what I was doing is... I, like we've been playing so long, I try to, 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 you know, tweak some of these encounters. So it's not just the sort of the same thing over and over again. And so since he's Lord of the Nightmares, I thought it'd be fun to do like half the combat in Nightmares. So, so I was yeah, kind yeah. of treating like what you guys were doing inside the dreams, whether it's Gilly and Tara attacking you guys trying to do like your various like in Hearten or insights as sort of like a skill endeavor. And, and like, if you got to a certain point, you break the enchantment and then you would have the combat and so because he actually really isn't that tough a dude uh like when like in physical form and then having those like those bane of the undead weapons is huge because it means that i can't use the deathless ability so it's like a huge 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 boon uh for you guys otherwise because i never even got an attack off with him which is a shame that's okay but he's got visions of torment and dreadful spells. You did use that horrible spell on Arrhenia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fucking 14 endurance points or whatever. My endurance all at once. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what you get for taking all that shadow. If you didn't take a bunch of shadow, you wouldn't have taken a bunch of damage. So whose fault is it really, Arrhenia? This is what I Not get mine. for never leveling up insight at any point in all of the fellowship phases that we've had. I'm going to make the very uh, end of the campaign and whether you guys did the right thing and succeeded based on an insight role. And oh then I'm going man. to narrate the epilogue and then you're going to find out the real answer. And it's going to be like Shire's just getting wrecked all of a sudden. And you're just like, no. oh, damn it, we screwed up. Got to go after Sharky next campaign. <laughs> I totally thought that Witch King guy was cool. I mean, he had that really awesome <laughs> crown. <laughs> you couldn't trust him? That's weird. He said he'd make the world a better place. He really did. He was so chill. God, he was just he was just low-key badass, right? You know? I don't know. So weird. So weird. Uh, all right. Uh, so we are done for, for today. Uh, we got a couple extra sessions coming on up. Before I get into all that, Maitre, you want to tell everybody where they can find you on the old interwebs? Yeah. I uh, Apart from hanging out with these guys when they let me i uh am on youtube at my two plays games uh where i talk about playing games if you want to watch <laughs> with some cool asmr a- also <laughs> i love it <laughs> that was mostly a joke mostly <laughs> i still liked it i thought it was great <laughs> thank you <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got going on uh next monday or a couple days from now monday will be our next uh next stream as we're going to be going back to horror on the org express for call of cthulhu and we're going to be joined for the first time by our good buddy steven uh who is stepping in because matt had to step away for a bit and so uh just to help fill that seat so that we can make sure we can get to the game more steven has graciously volunteered to join uh i'll see if i regret that 
Let's see if I regret that. Let's see if I regret that. You will. Uh, it, I it's won't. Are you kidding? You're the best. And then on Tuesday, speaking of Steven, he is doing just awesome GMing. Uh, Forbidden Lands. Through, well, I was uh, going to say Hot Duck Princess Part 2. Oh, yeah. It, that's what it was last week. The most we ridiculous thing Long has ever played. Uh, but no, what, what are we doing? <laughs> it would be interesting to see Aaron playing Hot Dog Princess. Oh, uh, could you imagine? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that would be great. Uh, but uh, we're playing Forbidden Lands. <laughs> The party has been through a very long period of darkness, and they might get to see their first rays of sunshine next session. Very possibly. Nice. Very nice. You're gonna burn us with those rays of sunshine. Yeah, you're We're getting sunburned. I have like <laughs> four thousand XP to spend. Uh, so when he uh, when he finally trains, he's gonna be invincible. Uh, that's what's gonna be. That's uh, gonna be great. Amazing. Uh, and then next week we're premiering a new game Thursday. We're going to be playing some die, uh, fantasy heartbreaker, the role-playing game from Rowan Rook and Descard, uh, that, uh, is based on the comic by Kieran Gillen, art by Stephanie Hans. One of my favorite comics. I love that comic so much. And we're going to be playing the game, uh, next Thursday, starting it off, uh, very much a game in the vein. I like to think of it as like Goonies slash it in a way, uh, if that makes any sense to people. Uh, but sort of like that's that. a great way to describe it yeah and uh then friday we're back to conan and saturday we'll be back here and if you haven't already heard we started up our delta green our our, our second campaign of delta green is last time we did it was in impossible landscapes this time around we're doing a different one one that we're kind of splicing together with a variety of different scenarios and stuff that i made as well uh, we started that last night so if you haven't seen it go check it out on the youtube page if you haven't followed or subscribed to that YouTube page, you should probably do that as well and follow this channel here on the Twitch. Uh, everything should have a the in front of it. Uh, but I think that's it. Got anything else? Are we good? Should I raid somebody? No spoilers, but we're fucked. What? No, 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 no. <laughs> you are. <laughs> everybody else. Everybody else. Not in, not in good shape, but you are most certainly in the worst shape. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and pop a raid over to Lost Caravan RPG. They're good, good, kind folk. Raid us quite often, so we're going to pay back that favor. Follow that raid, and have a great rest of your weekend. Goodbye, everybody.